This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Sensibility. This is Tom Stone and I wanted to talk about economics, our economy. I wanted to talk about what it really is, definitions, and then the way that I believe looking at it has been successful for myself and the clients that I have been able to serve over the last 30 years. So what is the economy? I literally have a definition in front of me, <clears throat> and it depends on what you're calling an economy. But a market-based economy or free market is where people are allowed, people and their businesses are allowed to freely exchange goods and services according to supply and demand. Now, that particular definition and that particular phrase is, is the bottom line, supply and demand. If there's a supply and lack of demand, then the prices are going to go down. If there's too much, too many cars available and not of people buying, the people who have the cars are going to have to lower their prices to get someone to purchase it. They got to discount it somehow. In the opposite, if someone, if there's enough people that want to buy a car and there's not enough cars, then the prices are going to go up because it literally is, hey, I want that car and there's five people wanting the same car and it comes down to, well, I'll pay more, I'll pay more, I'll pay more. And the price goes up. Supply and demand. That's the basics of it in a free enterprise, in a free market. That means that is the driver. That is the driver, supply and demand. Well, there's a, and excuse me, so, so a market-based economy is that, but there's a mixed, mixed economy where basically the government gets involved. And certainly there's, you know, the harshest of kinds that may be more into the communism area. But the United States certainly has that, where the United States has come in and said, we want to make sure we don't get too sideways or too far one side or the other. So they come in and they do certain things. Like in 2021, uh, the president, Joe Biden at that time, ordered 50 million gallons of oil released from the, uh, the strategic oil reserves to make sure that uh, prices for gas stay lower. So it basically influenced the supply. And then this year, well, I guess in 2022, but it's felt mostly here in 2023, the Federal Reserve has imposed uh, a bunch of interest rate increases, the most we've ever seen in, in modern era, by the way. And it's probably the fastest. It's probably what's the hardest thing. And it's to slow down the economy, right? So that's a mixed economy. So I believe it's exceptionally important to understand what's going on on a, well, let me talk about definitions again, a macro and a microeconomic level. So the macro is the big picture, the whole country as a whole. They look at gross domestic product. When you hear GDP, that's a combination of a compilation of everything all at once and measurements to see how we're going as a whole. Then microeconomics is basically the behaviors of the consumer. So the consumer comes in and what are they thinking? How are they feeling? Those kinds of things. So with those definitions in mind, I just want to put it this way too. The economy 
is perception. And perception then becomes reality. So perception is, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. What do you think's happening? I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it's the time to not buy right now. Uh, me too. <laughs> and then we don't. And then it controls the economy. Now, obviously with COVID, we had a supply chain problem because it just shut down everything. So as a supply chain, if we don't have the supply and then the demand was there, then obviously there is a whole lot of things that are going to be increasing prices because it's, hey, I want one, I want one. And it was interesting to watch during COVID because some businesses completely went to zero and others had the best ever, like the tech sector, where restaurants had to close down. So the economies are different on a microeconomic level versus a macroeconomic level. So you just want to look at some certain things and maybe just go down the line a little bit farther to understand some of these things, get these definitions out of the way. Uh, unemployment. That's probably the one indicator, the number one indicator that the Federal Reserve is watching right now. They want to have unemployment uh, go up. They want more people to have be out of out of a job. <laughs> they need that to come down. And so that wages will come down because that's the one of the biggest, if not the biggest indicator. If you have to pay your pay, excuse me, if, if you have to pay your workforce more to get the product out, then the prices at the end of the chain and at the end of the line are going to go up. So unemployment is probably the number one thing that economists and the government watch and look out for, particularly in these times where they're saying inflation is out of control. What do we do? And right now it's a good thing to have a higher unemployment. That usually is something where someone would say, well, isn't that a great thing that, you know, everybody has a job or uh, the unemployment rate is really, really low. Well, there's a balance to all of it. There's a certain point that it works out really well. Because if everyone has a job, then you're trying to hire someone, you can't get anyone to come. And then you have to pay more. And then that person leaves that job. And then that job that they replace, they have to pay more to get someone there too. So that's when people say, hey, you know, 12 bucks an hour is pretty good. A handful of years ago, now it's 18, 20, 20 bucks, 22 bucks an hour to have any sort of a wage earner position. High school kids are getting... 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 dollars an hour. Good for them, right? But it just goes down the line and makes everything else more expensive. Okay. So that's oh, excuse me, that's unemployment and then we talked about inflation. So inflation is the is the erosion of a value of an asset over time. So inflation is literally something that if it gets out of control and it surpasses the value of the asset, even the service, then we're out of, we're out of uh, balance, we're out of we're in, we're in trouble. So you want to have that perfect balance, right? A balance between the money that is spent and the service and the money that it earns. So a balance between these things, right? People can afford it. They want to buy it. They do have a job. And yes, everyone's a raise at their job. But if everybody gets a raise at their job and it's exceptionally large on a macro level, then we have the issues we have today. All right. Are you with me still? That's just definitions. Want to get through that. Those are the things to understand. With that said, I highly recommend that you watch those particular things. GDP, inflation, unemployment. Eh, I'd probably stick with those. I also watch new housing starts and stuff like and so, and things in the real estate world because that's what I do. And others might look at different things as well, but those are the major things that we want to look at, the reports. 
what happens is then the, the folks that make decisions try and make a decision before it actually happens. That's the point of the economy. They're like, okay, so in, uh, inflation is at this rate. You know, we ha it's gone down 0.1% because of this. There's non-farm and farm payrolls and different analysis of unemployment <clears throat> that they can decipher and go down. The, I don't want to in this podcast. Just get some general ideas about it. But what does it mean? And then that will dictate a decision. And then they wait to see what happens. Would that mean raising rates, lowering rates? Would that mean the stock market does really well or it doesn't do well? It's based on what they think or perceive from the data is going to happen because you always want to be ahead of it. You want to want to be behind, right? So in a stock, you have to be, I'm going to project well, I'm going to guess well, basically, and that'll get, get me in a good position. But if it happens and then you decide, it's too late. So that's that's the driver of economy. So people say, well, how do we really know you don't until it, you know until it's already happened. And people say, well, we predict. In fact, in my world, you know, I always predict what are interest rates going to be doing, particularly long-term mortgage interest rates. And what are they going to do? Well, my predictions, when I go to my conferences of very intelligent, highly intelligent people, and, and they speak for a good 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and describe some stuff, it's always fascinating. And then they always finish it with this. And really, it's a 50-50. At the end of the day, one of them said a monkey could do just as good a job because we just don't know what the economic information is going to be from here to there. And every time that they have predicted rates are going up, they've gone down and they say they're going to go down, they've gone up. The other thing about it, that some, some things that maybe, I don't know, before my time could have been true. They said, you know, the presidential election is going to influence it. It never has influenced rates in my almost 30 years. In fact, it's been just the opposite of what you'd think. And the reason for that is, and this is kind of where I want to go now into the way I look at the economy and read it. There was a point where our national economy would, would be able to be watched and looked at and we could get some answers. But it's now a global economy. So what's happening in London, Japan, all over the place is affecting everyone else because there's just there's a, a global trade going on. What's China doing? Are they going to go to war over here? What's Russia doing? So the things we used to say, such as, well, you know, the presidential election, you know, rates are going to go up or down because they want to get in again for an incumbent. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I don't think they have that much control anyway. And so there's more to it to look at. Here's what I think. It's most important that you understand your personal economy. What is a personal economy? Okay, you have, it's timing. Remember we talked about economy is basically guessing right more times than not, basically, that you know that this data probably means this, so I'm going to put my money here, or I'm going to, uh, for the government, it's the decisions of when they raise rates, lower rates, and different things like that, when they buy bonds, not buy bonds, those kind of things. And then uh, for us, it's just a matter of, okay, so where am I at? And the, the example I give the most, and I think is the most pertinent way to do it, or to explain it, is... If you have a plan and you graduate from high school and you say, I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to be a nurse and that's going to take me four-ish years to get through school. And the reason you made that choice, because there was an article that you read that said something like shortage of nurses. And you're like, wow, you know, high dollar for these nurses. And you spend, that's a great idea. That's why I'm going to school, be a nurse on top of maybe you want to help people. But let's just say that's another reason you run the risk. 
that four years from now, other people who read that article, who maybe were told those same things, are going to be in the workforce after they've gone through school after four years. And what was true when you started is not true when you ended. You're like, oh, man, I, I, there's not as much demand here as I thought. We have more supply of nurses than demand of their services, at least in certain pockets and areas, right? I know there's traveling nurses and, and rural areas. Those are probably always needed. But that, that comes and goes. And, that, and nurses probably are, are a high demand area. And that's the best example sometimes. But the point is that I'm going to put my time here and my personal economy says I'm going to go there. And then, of course, if someone's graduated from college, it's just kind of a natural flow that they generally make the next decision, which traditionally would be I'm going to get married. Traditionally, it would be I'm going to buy a house, have some kids, buy a dog, uh, whatever else, you know, you know, certainly start my career before all that or, or in between all that and move forward. And so we have these time frames that we have in our personal economies that we say, ah, oh, now that I've done this, I'm ready for this next step. It's just a natural thing that we do. Problem is, does your personal economy coincide with the national economy, the global economy, the macro or micro economy? The answer is, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready to buy a house now and Maybe it's not the best. I should have bought it two years ago, I guess, huh? Or, you know, my employment, I should have had maybe a little more flexible way of looking at it so I could look at things. Or I'd be watching it as I go through school. And people say, I just put my head down and work hard. And I love that about people. But it's the head down part I don't agree with. You work hard with your head up, with your information in front of you, so you can make prudent choices along the way. And as we teach in business, pivot. You pivot based on economy of what's going on around you. So let's go back to this global economy. Here's, here's the picture I want to paint in your mind. So you're in the center. So think about a piece of paper and I draw a center, excuse me, a little, a little circle in the center and I put your name and I put little arrows going around it. So it's kind of like it's circling, it's moving, it's in motion. And you're going in that area and you have this certain desire and design. And then around you is a regional economy. So something's happening in your city, in maybe your state, certain things that are happening there. Maybe your area is more manufacturing, maybe it's more tech, maybe it's more farm. You know, there's certain differences that happen in your area, depending on what's going on in that particular economy. And then you have the national economy. And by the way, they're all, I'm writing circles around each one and arrows, and they're going in different directions. So your personal economy is going maybe uh, to the right, let's just say. The local one might be going to the left. The other one is just, it switches, it depends, it goes back and forth. Then you have the global economy. So one thing that we don't do is read the financial page very often. We don't watch and see what's going on. Oh, a little bit of advice here. I highly recommend... This is a strong opinion, take it for what it's worth, that you don't say, oh, I watched my cable news TV, my favorite one, and I listened to them. That could be dangerous. They do have real data, but then they have very strong opinions <laughs> about one side of, of the decision or the other. 
And let's not sit and blame a president or blame this. Certainly there could be, and maybe there is rightly, but if you be, I highly recommend that you don't go into that. Don't go into those political side of things. Just measure the data. Watch it. Is the GDP growing or is it shrinking? Is inflation going up or is it going down? What's happening is, is, uh, is unemployment, you know, going up how much? And then what did the stock market do? What did the bond market do? Stock, by the way, is usually going to go up when things are a little bit better for a risk. The bond market's going to go up when things are a little bit more uh, concerning and they want to have a safe investment. So generally speaking, you have uh, an analysis where you say, if the stock market goes up, usually interest rates go up. If the stock market goes down, usually rates go down. Just for that analysis. So here we are, we're sitting here at your personal economy and you have some decisions and some timing to that. You're at a certain age, you want to have a certain thing happen. It's just kind of what happens. It's just, you're just there in that certain decade of your life that this is the next step in my life. But if you haven't been watching what these things are doing, you could be caught off guard. You could be off, caught off guard because you didn't see or understand what that meant. And you were relying on someone else to tell you. I always get surprised every time I, especially when there's some sort of a big vote, some sort of a, should we do this or should we do that? And who we're going to vote for. And the phrase I hear more times than not is, well, I heard, and that's their source of information. Well, I heard that this person did this or that person said that. And where'd you hear it from? I think I read it on the internet. I think it was on Facebook. Oh, Okay. If that is your source of information, I would ask you to really analyze that and make sure you back it up with real data. The phrase you'll hear from me whenever you come talk to me, when they say, Tom, what do you think about this? And I'll, I'll, I'll say, if it's an opinion, well, let me tell you my opinion, but I always finish with this. I don't know. Let's do the math. I don't know. Let's do the math. I don't know. Let's check the data. Let's look at the metrics. Let's see what's happening about it. So if someone wants to start their own business, and they have this great idea. I've had friends with this awesome idea. In fact, probably the best example I have is I had a friend who had the best dot-com idea around uh, 2001. It would have made us so much money had he done that in 1998, 1999. He was way ahead of certain things. It was just, uh, and, and behind in others. Great idea, just didn't quite get it off the ground in time. So timing is critical, but it isn't just like, guesswork it's watching the economy and by the way the dot-com definitely was a bubble blah 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 so sometimes you can jump on the bubble i'm not saying that's the best example i'm just saying that where is your global economy watch the the uh, regional economy what's happening what's going on watch the global and then excuse me the national and then the global and they're always spinning anything that's too too complicated just just get again gross domestic product Inflation, unemployment, just watch the stock market and the bond market. Just see what see what's happening and read the data. And just be familiar with it. Just check on it. Just see what's going on and avoid the strong opinions, particularly in cable TV. That's what I would highly recommend. Because now let me go to what this really means. So when should you buy a house, right? And of course, that's kind of in the, okay, I've graduated from high school and I've gone through my education or training and I'm starting my career somewhere. The next step is, is I want to buy my own home somewhere in that area. Right. And 
said, well, I just don't know how. I was talking to someone yesterday that, that I was, they had rented for quite a period, you know, a decade plus. And I said, well, I can help you buy a home. And they're like, oh, I love, I said, I can coach you through is what I said. I can coach you. Oh, I love that. Great. Let me show you. First of all, let me just teach you how to do it. And this is the first step. Understanding where you are at, where you're at in your personal economy, seeing what's happening around you so you can make the best decisions. Back to buying a house. So when is the right time? Now, this is the part that you've heard on a different podcast. Now, do it now. People say, but what did you just teach? <laughs> well, right now, I've been watching it, and the supply and demand, because the demand is still there, right, to buy a house. In fact, it's exorbitant. It's just that people sideline themselves because they're unsure. They don't know what this data means. They're not sure what we're going to do next. So they wait. And by the way, like we talked about, if you wait until it happens and then you act, it's too late. I mean, you'll be okay, but you won't get the best situation. And again, uh, date the rate, marry the house. Right now, prices have stabilized and even dropped in some areas. And you can get a really, comparatively speaking, from the last six months to 12 months, you can get a good deal. And then just refinance your rate down the road. So now, so what about a year from now? Should you buy a house? Yes. Why? Because buying a house is the one thing with all of these variables. Buying a house is the one thing that whatever the economy is saying, people want that. That demand has been there for periods of times for a long time. Certainly some can say, well, hold on a second, Tom. 2008, man, you can't say that. No, there was still a demand there. It was just obviously... Uh, the economy and the recessions and those those kind of things. So yes, those things happen. But what a perfect time to buy a house, by the way. 2009, 2010, 2011. If you'd bought houses in 2010 and 11, how much value would you have in them today? Huge. The one place that always has an upward swing on a, on, on a valuation is a home value. It always goes up. You'll have little heartbeat monitors down here and there between uh, between months. And again, some sort of recessionary areas, a slight dip, it always goes up. So I found that amidst all of these conversations, all these questions, all these economic values, and when should I, what should I not, when should I do it, when should I, when should I, buy a house, buy an investment property, buy a piece of real estate. It only goes up. Now, are you prepared? Are you ready? Do you understand? Those are important pieces, right? But I just see so many people coming and saying, I'm ready now to buy my house or even get my next job or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, dang, I'm, I'm glad you went and got your PhD. This is a real story. You know, he, the, the, more than once, you know, I, I went through, it didn't work out. So I went and got my master's, wasn't quite the right time. And so I got my PhD. And after I got his PhD, he was now too educated, overqualified and ended up working in the mines. That's a real story, by the way. And it's like, hmm. Did not understand the microeconomics of the area or the macro, or just didn't see it, didn't know what to read. And they just assumed if I get my education, then I'm going to be okay. And that has been taught. And there is very real truth to that. But keep in mind, an education is not just a diploma. An education is understanding all the variables around you. I also want to clarify something. When some people say, well, I don't want to be a financial major. I'm not going into money. I just want to be able to you know, do my job and go home. Okay, but if you want to create a 401k for retirement, if you want to own a home, if you want to own more than one home, if you want to make sure you get in a profession that pays for a lifestyle you're looking for, 
then I'd highly recommend that you understand all these values. And it's not that hard. I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to simplify is what I'm trying to do. So what is your personal economy and where does it fit in all of the moving economies around you and how they read? And this isn't supposed to be like, it, they all align and the stars are perfect. And all of a sudden you can say, Yahoo, I hit the jackpot. No, you just find out that, okay, I can see that the economy is moving in this direction. That usually means, again, it's back, it's back to supply and demand. It's back to supply and demand. That is the basic core of economics. It's just supply and demand. And so am I going to be in demand or am I going to be in the oversupply? Where am I going to be? And by the way, if you're oversupply and you got to discount it, maybe you become a middleman to make sure you buy uh, cheap enough to make sure that you can still sell the product. You just understand how it works. So you can say, well, I'm just going to be a teacher. Well, of course. Yeah. By the way, teachers like to buy houses and they like to have retirements and they like to have investments and other things too. So that's, that's, I don't think anyone's excluded from the conversation. I don't think anyone's not part of it. But of course, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a business person, you want to create a business and create a wealth, you want to have a portfolio of real estate, you want to be able to have at a certain point in your life an earlier than later time frame of some level of retirement, then this is it. This is how you do it. This is the formula. You understand these variables. You understand a micro economic value and level, a macro economic value and level. You can read it. You can see what people are doing and not doing. And like I've said before, the ones who get ahead are the ones who act. You want other people are not. You're the one preparing when other people are talking about being scared because you know the data and you can see like last time the cycle was when this data got to here within a certain time, this happened slight risk, I guess, but it's sure a lot better off than sitting around doing nothing. That's the least, that's the worst risk because you miss out. Some people always have that mentality, but what if it doesn't work? And I always say, but what if it does? And if you go look at the, what happens over the last, since 1970 specifically, the amount of time frame where it has worked out versus the amount of time frame where it hasn't worked out. The recessions total somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's see, the average about 10 months and we've had about eight. So 80 months over 50 years, 50, 53 years. That's where I can say, do the math more times than not. Things are doing really well. And if you're sitting around being scared, you missed out. So, and that's just, it's just personal opinion. It's, it's how you, how you do it. People say, how do people do that? Well, here's a big part and way of how people do it. They watch the data. They understand it. Don't, don't get it even more. I'm going to say it for the fourth time. Just know these basic things, learn your micro economic uh, tendencies in your areas. There you're going to have your employment, your cells and, and understand that. Now I want to finish with this one and this is going to be a funny one. Well, not laughing, but like, Oh, that's interesting. One of the major things that change and affect an economy, that change and affect a, a, a consumer behavior is weather. I'm just pausing for a moment here to make sure I understand. If it is a beautiful sunshiny weekend after it's been winter, People are going to be going out for Sunday drives. When they go out for Sunday drives, all of a sudden, whether it be vitamin D, endorphins, serotonin, all the scientific things we could say that happens to a person, all of the above, 
positive happens and they're like, oh, I think I want to move. I think I want to, wouldn't you be fun if we could do this? Or I, I think I want to, you know, start another job or start a business or I want to, of course, I'm talking more about buying houses because that's what I do. But all those variables, the weather, if the weather is uh, October, just so you know, if you're feeling a little down and out, most people are in October. It's October and February. Those are the two months that we usually have the toughest times because we can only last so long. Or it's been, you know, we were so high on it, high on on being outside, seeing the sunshine, and then October rolls around after a, you know six or eight weeks of hmm, not quite a little colder. The the days are you know shorter, those kind of things. This is a big piece of economy, so just be aware of it. Some people say, is it seasonal? You better believe it. Is it always exactly the same? Nope. But I can say in my industry. All of a sudden, the phone stopped ringing. Like, uh, did the phone stop ringing? Oh, weather. And then all of a sudden, Monday morning, literally, after a nice, beautiful, sunny, sunshiny weekend. And by the way, keep in mind, we just had one of those, but we also had spring break, where 75% of the state was on spring break. So the next weekend, the weekend was sunny, but they were out of town. In fact, I could tell one more story. So this is way before I even started, well, it was the very beginning of my career. I had the coolest car that my, I bought for my wife. I was totally against minivans. Was like, we're going to avoid those at all costs. So I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee 5.9 Limited with a three-inch three lift and wheels and tires. Yes, I care about that stuff. And I, that's that's the mom car. And it's like the fastest, coolest car. It had sunroof and all this kind of stuff. I was just love that car, and my wife did too. And she didn't care as much as I did, though. Well, kid number three came along, and she says, well, we got to sell the Grand Cherokee and buy a minivan. I was like, nope nope, we're just going to put a seat in the middle. She's like, nope, we're not. And that conversation went nowhere for me. So I said, well, I'm not getting a nice minivan and I'm going to sell this really nice car and get good money for it and just buy a basic minivan to get me through this time of life before I get another nice car. little vanity there, but so, so be it. That's what it was. And I put up for sale like I do because I've bought and sold those kind of things for some period of time. Uh, four wheelers, motorcycles, mostly that kind of stuff. Uh, buy and sell, buy and sell. Got pretty good at it, knowing what I was doing. Well, I put this car up there. I mean, it's 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 the diamond. It's the coolest vehicle out there. Low mileage. I kept it pristine. Nobody called. I put it on a Friday. I always put it on Fridays. So you do Thursday, Friday. So then they, you know, they start looking Friday. They come out Friday, Saturday. That's always the better time. Nothing happened. I got this one person that came and he was nickel and diamond me, infuriated me, not only because of my vehicle was getting nickel and dimed, but he was lowballing me a couple grand less than I wanted. And I had it all go towards a minivan. Talk about a down part of my life. Well, I said, okay, I guess we better do this because the minivan was ready to go, blah, blah, blah. Well, the day we went to pick up the minivan, which was Monday afternoon, my phone goes bonkers about my car. Bonkers. 10, 12, 15 people. Is it sold? Is it sold? Is it sold? Is it sold? I'm like, uh, I, and I'm like, well, I better honor it. And yes, it is. Oh my gosh, I'll pay more. I'll pay more. That is, that's awesome. I just, I can't wait to have this, you know, wonderful car. I want it for myself. Well, I learned the lesson that I did it over Memorial Day weekend. People weren't in town. People weren't in town. I'd only realized. So I had to give up that beautiful car for a stock Dodge Caravan. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was painful, but I learned a lesson. So I had I call that the tuition of life. I've got this jar of, of money that's the tuition of life that I've learned. 
and I've done and I've said, oh, well, put that in the jar because I learned a lesson there. That's my grand Cherokee lesson that I'm going to share with you. So economy, timing, even weather, just understand what's happening around you, see it, and even analyze what you would do. You know, would I be buying right now? Why not? And then don't just do it the way you would. Especially if, if you're really, really conservative, don't ask yourself. Because the economy is based on people who are spending money. If all you do is save and never, you just save and you, you, you keep your car for 30 years and you, you never go out to eat and stuff like that, you're not really participating in the economy. So it's probably not the best person to talk to. But someone who participates in the economy, who's buying and selling services, offering them, purchasing them, and giving value to them, that's the person you want to talk to. So at the end of the day, I want you to become rich in your own definition of what that might be, to have personal wealth gained through understanding of real estate and economy. That's what I want. Love to talk to you sometime. Go apply Own what matters. Talk to you soon. Bye. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979, or goapplastom.com.